So for many of us, weight loss has been a battle that we've been going through for a very large portion of our lives. It might not be something that we've quite been able to overcome yet. It might be something that we're still working with. And we are sometimes aware of the things that got us to this position in the first place, whether it's poorer health or poorer body composition. We know kind of what got us there in terms of the food that we ate, the lack of exercise, etc. But sometimes we're kind of perplexed on why we can't move forward with our weight loss pursuits, even with proactively trying. And sometimes it comes down to the things that we're not even super conscious of. And today I want to go through six of the reasons that you may still be overweight that you've not realized just yet. And number one on my list goes straight in at the deep end is that you're blaming your genetics or you're telling yourself some type of story of why you can't make progress or why you can't lose weight. I hear this a lot of times about X, Y, or Z reason why I can't. My family is like this. I'm made to be this way. I've never had success within my weight loss pursuits. I have this problem that's holding me back. And at the end of the day, some of these may be very valid and very legitimate. However, we have to get to a point where we recognize them, we acknowledge them, but then we've got to ask ourselves the question, well, now what? Even if you've got genuine challenges that hold you back from getting yourself into the shape that you want to be, if you want to get in shape, if you want to be in a better position with your health and your body composition, you have to work around those. It's sometimes unfair. We can't escape the hand that life was given to us at some times. And it might be that you were given a super unfair hand. However, now what? Now what are you going to do about that? Are you going to complain? Are you going to allow it to be the reason why you never get to where you want to be? Or are you actually going to do something about it? And I always encourage people to turn this around. I always use the example of me not being necessarily genetically gifted when it comes to building muscle and losing body fat. If I started off by saying, you know what, it's so easy for other people to gain muscle. It's so easy for others to lose fat. And here I am. It takes me so long. I have to work twice as hard as everyone else. And I just lived in that narrative. It would suck. And I probably wouldn't get any further than I would do after a little bit of effort because I would probably be exhausted by my own narrative. However, what that made me do is I was like, okay, well, now I need to research even more. Now I need to maybe even work harder in the gym. Now I need to make sure that I do dot my I's and cross my T's because that's the way that I'm going to get those results. And that drove me to be a lot better performing than people who were genetically gifted. I was super focused with what I did in the gym. I made sure I learned all about nutrition. I did my absolute best. I committed myself entirely because I knew I might be at a slight disadvantage to many people. And what did that do? That gave me more of an advantage than they did because they relied on their genetics, whereas I relied on all of these things that I gained that no one could take away from me. And yes, I might still have the disadvantage of not being able to accrue as much muscle or lose as much fat as some people. However, I have so much knowledge in my arsenal that I can now use, but because I made the choice to do so and I wasn't held back by reality and I didn't allow my beliefs about that make it any worse for me. Number two is your eating on the move. A lot of us are very careless when we are eating on the move. We just need to put something down in our mouths, consume it as quickly as possible. And the challenge with this, and it's something I go through a lot with my clients, is food and meal hygiene, which I've done a podcast on before. If I remember the episode number, I'll put it in the link below. But it is very, very obvious to many of us that if we eat slowly, if we chew regularly, if we are conscious of what we're eating, we're going to feel more satiated. We all pretty much know that black and white. However, most of us don't realize the impact of what's happening when we're just consuming food, consuming food super mindlessly and on the move. And quite often, if you ask someone when it comes to the end of the day, what did you consume today? They'll tell you, I didn't eat anything at all. But then you'll reflect and I'll be like, ah, no, I had that croissant on the way to the car. Oh, I had that little snack bar that was hanging in my glove compartment when I was 
was driving to pick X, Y, or Z member of the family up. And it's only once they actually reflect, they're like, well, actually I had 2000 calories, but you know, I'm still super hungry throughout the day. I still ate my main meals. And because we don't take the time to acknowledge what we're eating when we're on the move, because we're caught up in all these other things, we then end up overeating. And if that sounds like you, just start by trying to reduce the amount of times you're doing that. If you really need to eat on the move, that's totally fine. But try and make sure it's an actual meal that you prepare for yourself. And even if you are eating it fast, as long as it's got a good amount of volume, a good amount of protein, then it should be pretty satiating. But one rule that's really good to create for yourself is outside of the meals that you know you're going to consume, you don't consume anything outside of those. You only drink water, you can drink maybe diet soft drinks, you can drink some teas or coffees, but outside of that, you don't consume any food. And that can be a really good way to reduce the amount of calories that you're carelessly consuming, and then that should help you with your weight loss pursuits. Number three is being careless in social situations. And quite often, a big wake-up call for many of the people I work with is how they behave in social scenarios. And quite often, I work with people who are in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, and sometimes even their 60s and 70s as well. So their behavior in social scenarios has been built over years and years and years. And unless you grew up health conscious, which I know a lot of us didn't, and also we don't create that association as socials being somewhere we are gonna be relatively health conscious, we built habits that have kind of compounded upon themselves over five, 10, 20, 30, 40 years of us in these social occasions. And it's quite easy to let those lead the way versus us truly leading the way. And quite often this can be a lot of people's downfall. They are super, super on point when it comes to the weekdays when their routine is in place, they're going to work, they've got their typical day-to-day, their Monday to Friday, they come around to Friday night to Sunday and all goes out the window. And it's not unusual to see us kind of have this trend of going down as the week goes on, be it back up at the weekend to where we're at square one and kind of going in this back and forth motion and never really getting anywhere or maybe making some progress, but not nearly the type of progress that we know that we're capable of. So if you want to start improving your health and your weight loss efforts, you'll need to become more conscious and more careful in social situations. And it starts by just thinking about them beforehand. How much do you want to eat? How much do you want to drink? Can you look at the menu beforehand? What can you do to manipulate your food before you go to that social occasion to make it a little bit easier for yourself? How do you personally do with peer pressure? Answering all these questions in advance, creating a plan for yourself, and then going through the experience and being prepared to break old patterns, which is not easy, is going to be a surefire way to success and it's going to help you with your journey so, so much. Number four is only eating when you're hungry. And I would absolutely encourage most people to listen to their hunger and their fullness signals, but most of us need a little bit of an auto-tune when it comes to those signals. A lot of the time, they are a bit messed up as we grow older and we go through stressful situations. We start to use food as a coping mechanism and a way to deal with our emotions. We had some weird food rules when we were growing up, like we had to stay at the dinner table until we finished or we had to eat breakfast at a certain hour of the day. And therefore our hunger and fullness signals can get a little bit lost along the way, especially if we have developed dysfunctional patterns of eating. And therefore, if we then choose to listen to our hunger, which most people do, we end up in pretty challenging positions because we wake up in the morning, we're not super hungry. However, then we proceed to have a super, super stressful day. And we find ourselves, maybe it's like 1, 2 p.m. in the afternoon, in a 
cafe full of croissants and cakes and we make a choice of having something super high sugar, super high fat that spikes up our blood sugar, makes us feel great for a while, but then crashes. So we're then tired, we're then hungry again in no time at all. And it leads us to just more and more challenges. I'm really keen for us to all develop knowing when we're hungry and knowing when we're full. However, we need to have some type of structure around our meals to ensure that we can resensitize ourselves to those signals and also put a good amount of fuel and the proper type of fuel into our bodies so that we don't get these unnecessary hunger signals at certain times. If I only eat cake all day, it's not going to be a surprise that I will be hungry very soon. However, if I'm having a very balanced meal with a good amount of protein, good amount of fat and a solid amount of carbs, then I can be trustful of that hunger signal when it comes along in three to four hours. However, stress impacts our hunger signals, sleep impacts our hunger signals, the environment impacts this as well. So of course, the long-term goal will be to get to your intuition, but I think during a fat loss phase, when you're going to be very prone to temptations and also working on a potential past unhealthy and dysfunctional relationship with food, I think a little bit of structure to begin with can be super helpful. And then in the long-term, starting to understand your true hunger and fullness signals, which hopefully will be developed over the course of time when you put a bit of structure around your nutrition. And as we started on a big one, we'll finish on another big one as well, is that you're not making enough changes in your routine or in your life to actually see the results that you want to see. When you start off with the weight loss journey, you can get away with cutting a few corners here or there. I do want to do a podcast on this exactly this topic, but I will cover it briefly now. But the deeper you get into your weight loss journey or your health improvements journey, the less room for error there is and the more emphasis there has to be on dotting your I's and crossing your T's. You can't afford to make those smaller mistakes that you used to in the past. Let's say in the initial stages, you've gone from having a super quote unquote terrible diet, zero training at all, poor sleep, plenty of stress. And now you're going into having a training program, a very balanced nutrition protocol. You've put in some stress management techniques and you're starting to prioritize your sleep. You are going to see a fundamental change. However, later down the line, if you then go out and maybe eat an extra 400, 500 calories than you were supposed to across the course of the week in the early stages, you might've got away with it. You might've still got a drop on the scales for the week, but later down the line, when everything is refined and optimized and you still want to drop that body weight, you have to be a little tighter and that 500 calories that you were able to consume before could be the difference between you being in a deficit or being at maintenance and not getting that drop for the week. And the reality is, is it takes more. It takes more. It takes consistency at a high level. A lot of us talk about consistency being key and it's not just about consistency. It's the same as practice makes perfect, but you're going to hear many people saying, well, actually perfect practice makes perfect. And they've got a point there. And it's kind of the same as consistency. If you're consistent with getting enough training sessions and eating an amount of calories that keeps you at maintenance, you're going to consistently be at maintenance. However, you have to consistently perform at this high level that allows you to get the type of weight loss you want and allows you to make the progress within your journey that you really want to see. And you can only do that at being at the top of your game, completing all the training sessions to the best of your ability, maintaining that calorie deficit, being consistent within your social settings and environments and continuing to push forward week on week on week, even if the scales aren't moving that much. So those are five things that could be keeping you overweight and holding you back from getting the health and the body composition that you truly want. So take a moment to reflect, see if any of those relate to you, and hopefully they'll help you on your journey. So that's everything from me today, team. Have an amazing week ahead. Take care, and I'll speak to you all very, very soon. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for 
Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.